This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Investor Mindset Nation, welcome back to another amazing episode we have coming up. I just want to say thank you all for all the support. We've been continuing to grow and it's been so much fun to see all the comments and the reviews. So if you guys haven't, make sure you hit that subscribe button. But I have some amazing news that I'm going to be sharing here in a future episode. So if you're not currently on the insider list, make sure you head to theinvestormindset.com and sign up so you can find out before everyone else the amazing events and things that we're going to be putting on shortly and some special giveaways for anyone who's on that insider list. So make sure you head there, theinvestormindset.com and join the insider list. Promise you won't be disappointed you did. Let's jump into this episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am very excited. I have Coach Michael Burt in the studio today. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I am really excited to have you. Coach Burt has become one of the go-to business coaches for top performers around the world. The 13-time best-selling author of power books such as Million Dollar Follow-Up and Inside the Mind of a Monster. Bert knows how to inner engineer people to win at the highest level. With a deep methodology in coaching the whole person, this former championship women's basketball coach retired at age 31 to create a coaching program named Monster Producer, which has grown to over 700 participants around the world. With his experience and background, we are going to get into some amazing stuff on Mindset today. Are you ready to do this, Bert? I'm ready, man. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. I love it. So obviously you've hit a lot of success. You've gone through a couple different careers and you know, you've pivoted to really helping people in this world, uh, you know, on the business side. But if we start by taking a look back at your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? You know, my story started very early in life in a small town called Woodbury, Tennessee. At six years old, my single mom used to take me down to the local baseball field, and I would stay down there for hours and hours. And one coach named Mickey Vinson, who was a female baseball coach, uh, said to me, son, one of these days, you're going to be a great coach. So that started my coaching journey. I I saw how good coaches could change another person's life. And so that put me on a path to knowing my voice very early in life. Well, what do you think it was? Why did that coach share that with you? That seems like some some, pretty well-timed advice for you. When you think about a unique ability, uh, Dan Sullivan always taught it this way, it is some superior ability typically given to you at birth that is recognized by other people So you can't see your unique abilities because they were manufactured in you. And it takes the help of another person to see that. So she saw how inquisitive I was, how curious I was, how I led other kids. So that's typically how we find our unique abilities, from other people recognizing and the market rewarding us for some very special skill set that we have. So when somebody is going to go into a situation like that and they want to consciously figure out, well, what is their unique ability? Um... Would you have any advice on how somebody might be able to do that? Yeah, I actually wrote about this in a book called uh, This Ain't No Practice Life. That's a good Southern double negative there for you. Um, But in that book, I talk about how to find your voice at the intersection of passion, irresistible belief or motive or action, uh, talent, which is, I believe, God-given, not man-given, 
need in the world, i.e. who would compensate you or pay you the most money for your talent and skill set, and conscience. What's your need for meaning, purpose, contribution? When you intersect those four things, you typically find unique ability. It may take multiple tries. It may take multiple things. But I really try to help people focus on building a primary skill set that solves a major problem for another person. And say you can say it like this. Um, are we selling vitamins or painkillers? Painkillers are, are painkillers are you're attacking a problem in the market that, and there's a direct pain. Uh, vitamins are you're, you're helping people improve their life and, and people come to me for both reasons. Absolutely. So somebody is over here on the other side, they're sitting in their car, they're driving to work right now and they're thinking, you know, that's something that it seems really strong. I need to figure out what is my unique ability. Is, is the takeaway I need to go and talk to some people around me and ask them, hey, what am I good at? I think that's certainly one way you could do it, is you could ask people closest to you, what do you think my unique ability is? What do you think my primary hard skill is? For example, my real estate agent is one of my best friends. He's also one of our top clients. His unique ability is not selling real estate. It's taking complicated concepts and making them simple. It's asking great direct questions to get you to think it's using a curiosity to improve the sales cycle. That's a unique ability. And once you find this unique ability, then it's a matter of how do we market and package and market this unique ability to the market and who would write us the biggest check for that ability? Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense. Everything in business has to come back to who is this going to benefit and how are they going to pay us so that we can reach and touch more people with that value? Yes, until you know what your skill set is, your special you can't package it and you can't sell it. Many people have commoditized their own self because they don't know what their primary hard skill is. So when you were introducing me, you used the word inner engineering. The reason I'm able to inner engineer a person is because I, from 18 to 25, I studied the whole person theory by Dr. Stephen Covey. And Covey said that every person mm. is made up of four parts, a body, a mind, a heart, and a spirit, each of those parts produce four different needs, four different dimensions, four different capacities, four different intelligences. So I became a master at touching all four of those parts. That was my first primary hard skill. Because of that, we built a competitive intelligence as a basketball coach. We won a lot of games. Mm -hmm. We won championships. And then people wanted to know what I was doing. And then I started selling the recipe versus baking the cake. Yeah, absolutely. You're able to reach a lot more people that way than just impacting your team, I could imagine. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your primary focus is today and uh, how you're applying that in the marketplace. You know, my primary focus today is building a national training and development company. It's becoming an international thought leader. It's going from a baby star mm -hmm. to a big star. So that has to do with building uh, our speaking platform, getting on bigger stages around the country. It has to do with growing my monster producer coaching program. It has to do with um, building our retreats where we spend two to three days with people at unique properties that I've purchased or own. So th this is part of my primary focus today, but at the end of the day, it's about going from a baby star to a big star. 11 years ago, I was a high school basketball coach. So to be impacting people around the world over the last 11 years, I think we're just getting started. That makes a lot of sense. You know, you were talking, you know, as we were preparing for the interview, you were talking a little bit about some of the way that you've, you view challenges. Um, but why don't you talk to me a little bit about that time that you signed a six-figure speaking contract, but 
you weren't able to deliver it. Yeah, early, let's see, around 30 or 31, I, I had just won a championship uh, as a high school basketball coach. And I was speaking regularly around the country for low, low money, 1500 to 3500 bucks mm-hmm. per engagement. And I was speaking in West mm-hmm. Tennessee at a state park <laughs> to a healthcare company that owns six nursing homes. And on the break, halfway through the day, a buddy I took with me said, man, we got we to get together and talk about this. And I'm like, what, what do we have to talk about? He said, they want to hire you to be their coach. And they're going to pay you $144,000 to be their coach. And I said, but, but I'm a high school basketball coach. Like, I can't be gone for a week at a time. And so he said, I've got it worked out. I'll do the coaching. You just come in on the weekends and work with the owners, and we'll collect the money. And I thought, great. So I would send him to West Tennessee for a full week, and he would come back and tell me, oh, it's going great, coach. They love it. They're going to re-sign us to another contract. Uh And uh, I retired from athletic coaching, which meant I lost my insurance, my benefits, my security, whatever. And... I start my coaching business believing that I have 144,000 coming in. And less than three months later, the CEO mm-hmm. called me. We met in Nashville. She said, I've got some bad news, Coach Bird. She said, uh, the person you're sending is not delivering like he should. It's not working out. We're going to have to void this contract. And at that moment, Steve and I had zero money and no clients. Mm-hmm. And I had just retired from my coaching job of which I was like, you know, one of the top coaches in the country. So that was yeah. some early adversity. What what was that like though? Because, you know, you're at this point, you're at the top of your career, you decide I'm going to retire, I'm going to go move into the the private sector essentially. I'm going to go help business owners do this and I've already got this set up. I think I've got some security. I'm making that leap. What did it feel like to uh, find out that wasn't the case? You know, it felt like a, a gut punch one of many gut punches of owning a business, uh, one mm-hmm. of many letdowns of trying to do something big and it not working. Uh, mm-hmm. So all I knew to do was to double down on me, increase the number of phone calls I make, increase the number of speaking engagements I was willing to do. Mm-hmm. Incre- anytime I get scared, I don't contract and retreat. I push harder, mm-hmm. which, is a big, which is a trend of a lot of the big-time people I coach. Small-time yeah. people, when they get scared, they always contract to a place of comfort and complacency. Big time people use fear as fuel. So when they get backed in a corner, it activates their prey drive and they Mm -hmm. attack and they push harder. And that's really what I did. So I would replace that contract probably within six months with another six figure contract with a bank. And I was hungry, hungry in those days, man. So, so I've constantly got to keep my team as hungry as I was, but, but, but it was because my back was against the wall. Yeah. So you end up, you ended up having the mindset that you're going to use that to get yourself out there and keep going. Um, how do you teach your clients or your students how to do that? Because not everybody is born, uh, that when they get back to the wall, it's time to go out there swinging. Some people, you know, they, they need to learn how to do this and it probably changed their whole life. That's yeah, a great point. Most people contract. You know, mm-hmm. I talk about a vicious cycle we have. We start with good intention. We fail to follow through and then we experience guilt. Most people, when they get scared, they cut. 
they cut something. They don't think about mm-hmm. increasing. They cut something. Well, we can't afford this. Oh, we can't do this. If you knew how many times in a day as a coach that I hear people say, I want to be coached by you. I want to be in your program. I want to increase my income, but I don't have the money. I just don't have the money. I hear, I hear it so many times, man, it, get, it makes me sick. And, and my point is you're never going to have the money until you figure out new information. The new information mm-hmm. you don't have or you're not taking action on. We're going to have this talk six months from today. You're not going to be any better off six months than you are today. So in me, I understand the concept of prey drive. Prey drive is prevalent in animals, specifically dogs, but it is the ability to optically see something and go get it. Lots of people don't have this. Why? Because they have considerations, which are internal thoughts that prohibit external actions. They have fear. They have lack of self-confidence. There's all kinds of reasons. But if I could ever activate it in you and turn it loose in you, you can go do big things. So good coaches know how to do this. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if somebody's at this point, it's possible for them to get there. They just have to know that that's possible. They don't have to think, well, I wasn't born like Coach Burt, so it's just, I'm just going to have to be mediocre for the rest of my life. And some people accept, accept that they're going to be mediocre for the rest of their life. I'm looking for the hungry, the curious, the interested. Those are the people I'm looking at. Be interested. Be interested in your potential. Be interested in getting better. Be interested in expansion. Be interested in being coached. Don't be interested in staying where you are or contraction. And so many people reach levels in their life, whether they're earning good income. Listen, it ain't all about the income. It's about you versus your potential. You versus what you're capable of doing. You versus how many people you can help on the planet. You knowing at the end of the day that you put in a good day's work and you made an impact on people. That, that's what it's about. And too many people have lulled themselves into a gradual settling to a place of mediocrity. And that's complacency. That's the definition of complacency. Well, it's such a shame because if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm-hmm. And 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 for most people, they end up getting to a point where they start feeling comfortable. I know that I've personally got there. I'm sure you've gotten there at certain times. Um, but they get to this point where they just think, you know, I've, I've done pretty good. Maybe I should just kind of stop. Maybe I should just kind of be happy with what I have. Um, and I find that to sometimes be difficult at being an achiever, enjoying what you have, but still kind of pushing on. For those people who are achievers, how do you recommend that they look at, you know, enjoying the moment while still pushing for the future? I think for each person, you got to know what charges your batteries, man. You know, for some people, charging your batteries is taking it easy and enjoying the good life. But for me, it's actively pursuing something. It's progress towards something. It's the concept of creating something and bringing it to logical conclusion. It's exploring new territory. It's trying new things. That's what revs my engine up. So it's not sitting at home or going to the lake every weekend or sitting at the ocean. I do those things, but those are not the things Mm -hmm. that feed me. And what you have to decide for you is what feeds your engine, what charges your batteries, what pursuits get you excited about your future. That's that's what you need to be thinking about. And what what charges your engines? What do you do to uh, to put more fuel in the tank? I'm a creative by nature. Like I was just off for three or four days because of the July 4th holiday, but I really wasn't off. I read, study, listen, create, come up with concepts, package things. Like I'm constantly studying how to do this better and how can I do this 
And so that charges my battery when I can get in creative states and, and create new content, new products, new ways to help people. That, that feeds me. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. I can hear it in your voice when you talk about it. You get fired up about creating new things that are going to help people kind of on their journey. So that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one way to know what your unique ability is. Like you said, you could sense it in my posture, in my passion points. You could feel that energy. That's one way to know you're operating in a unique ability area. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, a lot of times people end up, they get down this path and they're working in a job or a role or a company and they're doing something and they're not excited about it. They lost that excitement and you can hear it and for some reason it's gone. And they need to either figure out, A, how to get that back, or B, what's next? What's actually going to get them fired up? Well, it's interesting you say that because I have a, a product for kids, an online academy for kids. And it tackles bounce back, how to find your voice, how to handle adversity, how to handle rejection. And I'm out speaking at big conferences uh, to teachers, educators, principals. And I quickly figured out half the group doesn't want to teach. The other half needs to be re revitalized. They need, they need somebody to wake them up so they go back with more energy and passion. The other group needs to get out of teaching mm -hmm. and transition into something else. And so what you got to do is you got to make a decision. If this is what I'm doing, then I want to be the absolute best at what it is I do. I'm going to study it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to spend time on it. Or I'm going to get over and do something that I'm supposed to be doing because this isn't a practice life. And, and that's a decision a lot of people need to make versus just accept this is it. This is all there is. This is all the potential I have. Too many people accept their life versus create their life. Yeah, and that's such a shame. It really is. Uh, you know, I, I wish that more people could get that fire inside lit so that they can go out and do good work. So you're obviously on this path doing amazing work, helping tons of people to have that many clients is absolutely incredible for as a coach. How do you find time to spend with family? to do the things that you, know, you have to do as a, you know, a father and a husband? I believe in a concept called intentional congruence. And intentional congruence is where all parts of your life feed all parts of your life. So this week I'm speaking in Las Vegas, in Los Angeles, Huntington Beach, California, and my wife is going, and my mm -hmm. seven-year-old daughter is going, and they, just, they travel with me. And they can do their thing during the day. We can see each other at night. I can see my baby girl. I believe in including inclusion versus I have my career, they have their careers. You know, my wife handles all of our real estate. She manages all of our properties. Mm -hmm. She enhances our properties. She designed the greatness factory you see here. Uh, so she's heavily involved in the hospitality side of my business. Although she doesn't come to the office every day, she runs that for us. Uh, my daughter comes to our events. She mm -hmm. comes to our kids' events. She's traveling with me now. So that's kind of how I fit it all in but it's just one life, one intentionally congruent life. I love that. Intentional congruency. That is really strong concept. I feel like some people, they try to break things up into different chunks to say, well, I'm going to spend family time over here. I'm going to do work time over here. But if you're doing something you absolutely love and you're able to bring those people that you absolutely love into it, it makes everything stronger together. And you know, obviously that's why you're the super coach. Yeah, when I'm at home, I may go for a bike ride and then I may swim with my daughter for an hour. Then I may work on a book for an hour. Then we may go into town and do something or eat. But, but it's just this free-flowing life of creativity. It's not, it's not compartmentalized, you know. Uh, and, and that's how I've intentionally built this business, is that I can do 
a high percentage of what I'm really good at and what I love doing every day, which is creating content, delivering content, and promoting content. That's that's the main thing I want to do every day. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can feel that. I think what so can be so inspiring about this for a lot of our listeners is, you know, a lot of the mindset listeners here are people who, you know, really are driven to grow. They're also thinking about investing in real estate uh, or other types of investments and investing in themselves. And it sounds like what you've done is actually you've taken your passion, your career as being a coach, and you've taken all the funds and invested in real estate. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the Greatness Factory, since I know that's something you're really passionate about, um, and how you've how essentially you've you've gone and done that. You've taken the money that you've made and you've put it into something that's going to create long term wealth for your family. Yeah, my concept, and I'm working on a book right now called Single Digit Millionaire, and it's about how to be worth between one and ten million dollars. And then the end of the book is how to get the double digit millionaire. And one of the fastest ways to grow up your net worth is through real estate. So what I have done, after three or four years of running my coaching business, I began to create excess cash, which means leftover money after I paid Mm -hmm. my bills, my expenses, my overhead, myself, my taxes. And I began to put that money into real estate. In those days, early it was buying single family residential at 20 or 30% off the market value because it was during the recession. I sat Uh on that real estate for four to five years, paid down the debt, then sold all of those properties and 1031 exchanged that into bigger, nicer properties that I could do events at. So we bought a house Uh in Florida with nine bedrooms. Then we bought a big lodge in Tennessee that sat on 23 acres. And we use these to generate more money. It's very important. When I get a person to one of these properties, they may pay $2.99 to come to a workshop with me, but mm-hmm. we can take a day and turn it into a $100,000 day by having people get excited and get around other people that are doing things. Then they want to upgrade their coaching package. Then they want to go on five more retreats. Then they want me to coach their teams. So I use real estate as a structure to not only make passive income through the rentals, but to use mm-hmm. to do masterminds and coaching sessions and and events where I can get people excited about doing something bigger. That's so cool. So you've taken the thing that you absolutely love doing the most, coaching, and you've taken real estate and you've bundled those together so you're getting the most bang for your buck out of everything that you do at your own properties. Yes, and I, and I think one philosophy I want your listeners to really get is turn every liability you have into an asset. You know, I have a jet, I use the jet, to take customers on, to to take our best clients on, to get from point A to point B. I have a bus that I travel on that people travel with me. I have these houses in different parts of the country. All of those can be used to generate more money and should be used to generate more money. Your personal house can be used to generate more money by having client appreciation parties or private dinners or entertainment nights. One of my philosophies mm-hmm. is take everything that most people would say is a liability and convert it to an asset that produces income for us as a structure. That's so inspiring. If somebody wanted to learn more about how they would do that, what direction might you push them in? Uh, If they wanted to do it with me, they would just go to coachbert.com, look at retreats. Uh, I am doing a workshop called Single Digit Millionaire coming up around the book in August that I will show you the formula I use to generate money, store money, reinvest that money into real estate. Now I'm into raising capital. So I've started a fund, Monster Capital Fund One. We're looking at properties to take down where I take on investors. They have an equity stake in the property. 
um, and we go purchase bigger properties to do, replicate this process over and over. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So you're obviously a guy who's killing it, and uh, I have to imagine you have some pretty uh, incredible habits. What are some of the Keystone habits, the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that make a big difference in your life? You know, about a month ago, I hired a full-time uh, trainer that works with me every day. He works me out every day. He creates my workouts. He helps me with my food prep. And I have found that the discipline of working out with a person every day increases your confidence, increases your energy, increases your discipline. That's a habit I have, even when I don't feel like it. We work out on holidays. We work out on weekends. We work out like it's an everyday thing because that's what I hired the guy to do is basically get yeah. me in the best shape of my life. Uh, I plan my next day every night before I go to bed. I map out my hit list, my farm club, my top 25, my key customers that I'm going to call. That's a habit I have every day. I'm constantly mental mapping how to produce or get to another level. So these are habits I have every day. I do try to sleep every night, seven to eight hours at least. But these are key habits, working out every day, planning my day, two hours of prospecting minimum every day on new money. These are habits that high-performance people have. I love that. I'm going to have to apply some of those to my own life. Yes. So we've made it to we've made it to one of my favorite parts of the show, the growth rapid fire round, where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're very excited about right now? You know, that's easy for me. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read at 18 years old, completely changed my life. Those seven habits you cannot go wrong with. I know it's a deep read, but there's probably been no other book that's impacted me deeper than that book. And let me tell you why. Now doing what I do, there's so many people that want to speak and be coaches and write books. And me having a real deep methodology separates me from a lot of people. Me studying uh -huh. the whole person theory for seven years under a master like Covey gives me a competitive advantage versus a person that's just a psych up motivator or they don't have a lot of depth or breadth to them. I mean, I really understand how to engineer a person, how to activate the prey drive in a person because of my unique experiences. And that book kicked all of that off. I think that's definitely key. If you're going to look for a coach, make sure that they have, you know, a real depth of experience in the field and that they're going to be able to push you to the next level. So from a purpose perspective, why do you do what you do? You know, I'm going to go against the grain here and be a little contrarian. I think the concept of start with why, find your why by Simon Sinek, incredible concept sold millions of books. But I actually don't believe you have to find your why to go out and do something big in the world. Like some people just uh -huh. have something you can't put into them and you can't take it out of them. I don't know if my prey drive was activated by my mother, my single mom who worked two jobs, who told me to get up every day and go get it. I'm not convinced that you have to find your why. And when you do find your why, you have all of this motivation. I think some people, based on uh, genetic scripting, psychological scripting, environmental scripting, just have it in them to go out and win. Those are the people you want to attract to your business. Those are the people you want to hire. Not try to convince a person that they can get a whole lot better that's not convinced. We're trying to attract like-minded people. So for me, I think just getting up every day and being in progress towards some big, scary, freaking goal is what, is what really gets me motivated. Oh, I love that. I love that. So from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors and how have they influenced your career? You know, I would be 
I would be remiss if I didn't think that over from 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 18 to 25 it was Covey. Uh, I think mm-hmm. from 35 to 42, I've been influenced by whether it be uh, Cardone from a sales perspective or thinking bigger perspective. My friends like Brad Lee, who is a great salesperson, Ed um, Milet, who were very aligned spiritually. Tim Story and and his thought processes toward life. Uh, and I would say Tim Grover. Tim Grover and I are becoming good friends. That relentless spirit in that book, Relentless, I think these are people who I have direct contact with and I'm doing events with, and they are influencing me in a, in a, in a positive way. That's amazing. I love that. What would you want to share with the audience uh, or would you want them to have as a takeaway leaving this conversation today, Coach? I think the biggest takeaway is this. Left to our own devices, we all contract and retreat. You need a person in your life who is skilled at getting you to a higher frequency. And that includes increasing your income, teaching you how to store it, teaching you how to generate wealth, teaching you how to first be a single digit millionaire and then ultimately a double digit millionaire. You, you, you're not gonna do this on your own. Like you need the help. Or if you can do it on your own, I think somebody whose skill can get you there much faster. When Robert Greene wrote the book Mastery, who's a genius, who wrote 48 Laws of Power, um, Mastery, Laws of Human Nature, they asked him, is there any way to speed up the process of mastery? And he said, well, if you have to ask the question, you're not interested in mastery, number one. But mm-hmm. if there was one way to speed up a path to mastery, it is by who is coaching you. Who is your coach? And how fast can they speed something up? Like today I made a decision to hire a new marketing person for, for, to try this guy out. And here's the thing, I could figure this out, but he can figure it out much faster. So I'm not afraid to let go of that money because that money's going to come back. See, big time people use cash flow to increase more money. They use money as a tool to make more money. Small time people make a little bit of money and then they sit on it and they store it because they're afraid they're going to lose it. It's a big separator between single digit millionaires and double digit millionaires or people trying to get there. So that's a good lesson for your, for your people watching. That's a big concept and I hope people really take it to heart. You know, I have a number of different coaches for different parts of my life and it's made all the difference. It's the reason that I am who I am today. And I'm thankful for people who have dedicated their life like Coach Burt here to helping show people the way, uh, you know, as he's already kind of gone down that path. So where can people find out more about you and uh, get in touch? You know, I like for people to build an affinity with me through YouTube. You can watch my YouTube channel. I put up hundreds of videos, if not thousands of videos. Every week I'm creating new content on Instagram at Michael Burt. I do spell my name E-A-L-M-I-C-H-E-A-L. Or just go to coachburt.com and you can find all of that stuff there. But I believe everybody needs a good coach in their life and I believe a good coach can change your whole life. Well, thank you. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff here. So much fun and look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Thank you, man. You're a great interviewer. You got a great show. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 